0: I have found Outbeat News In-Depth for you.
1: Good evening, and welcome to Outbeat News In-Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. This month, we're talking about food with some interesting local guests, starting with a young culinary student from the Napa Valley Cooking School, Alfred Gutierrez. Alfred is an out gay man who not only made his way through a very vigorous training program, but also won a battle with cancer at the same time. And in the second half of our show, we'll talk with Christian Solberg and his partner, Ozzy Jimenez. They're the owners of Mustache Baked Goods and the Noble Folk Pie and Ice Cream Shop, both located in downtown Healdsburg. The San Francisco Business Times named Mustache and Noble Folk among the top 50 LGBTQ-owned businesses in the San Francisco Bay Area. They're not only successful businessmen, but they also find time to actively support our local LGBT community. It's all coming up next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, July 23rd, 2017.
0: I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond.
1: This is Greg Moralia with your Outbeat Radio News for the week of July 23rd, 2017. A florist in Washington state who refused to provide flowers for a same-sex wedding is appealing to the United States Supreme Court in hopes it will grant her the right to discriminate in the name of religion. Barnelli Stutzman, the owner of Arlene's Flowers, refused to provide flowers for a gay couple's big day despite having done business with them in the past and claiming to have viewed them as friends. The Washington Supreme Court ruled unanimously in February that Stutzman had violated the state's non-discrimination law and fined her $1,000. The court found no basis to the argument that providing flowers for a same-sex wedding constituted an endorsement of same-sex marriage. Stutzman said, quote, The state is trying to use this case to force me to create an artistic expression that violates my deepest beliefs and takes away my life's work and savings, which will also harm who I employ, end quote. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear a similar appeal by a Colorado baker, Jack Phillips, owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop, who refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Legal firm Alliance Defending Freedom is representing both Stutzman and Phillips. This organization has been designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center for its anti-LGBTQ stances. In a Utah Salt Lake City TV station KUTV reports, that an adjunct professor at Brigham Young University, Idaho, lost her job after refusing to retract an LGBT supportive Pride Month post on her Facebook page. She wrote, quote, Most Christian faiths label homosexuality as a sin based on archaic writings. A few hateful verses in the Old Testament have led to hundreds of years of prejudice, hatred, violence, and pain. For an organization that places so much importance on the family unit, this policy sure seems to be attacking a form of that unit. Robertson said she thought the post was private. No students followed her on Facebook at the time, although she has accepted friend requests from some of them since her firing. She also said in a subsequent post that when students try to engage her in discussions on these issues, she politely declines and encourages them to form their own opinions. Ruthie Robertson taught her final class at the Mormon school in Rexburg last week. She taught political science online since December and on the campus since April, but her contract for fall was not renewed. BYU officials declined comment to the TV station. And here locally, West County Health Center and the R3 Hotel are hosting a pool party that will be both educational and fun. Come learn about PrEP and get your rapid HIV test all at the same time. Sister Wilma from the Russian River Sisters will be the MC, and there will be poolside entertainment, t-shirt giveaways, and more. The event starts at 12 noon this Saturday, July 29th. A donation of $5 is suggested to support Face to Face HIV prevention programs. And Private Lives, Private Lives, an original play written by our own Dr. Diana Grayer, will be performed in Healdsburg at the Raven Theater on Saturday, August 12th at 7 p.m. and again on Sunday, August 13th at 2 p.m. This production is being sponsored by Santa Rosa P Flag. And if you haven't seen this amazing play, now is your chance. You can learn more and get tickets on the Play website, privatelivesprivatelives.com. And finally, Santa Rosa JC and Napa Valley College are both offering courses this fall in LGBT studies. An Introduction to LGBT Studies starts on Monday, August 14th at Napa Valley College. You can learn more at napavalley.edu. And the LGBT Literature course starts on Monday, August 21st at Santa Rosa JC. You can learn more at santarosa.edu. Registration is now open for both of these classes. For a calendar of LGBT news and events happening here in the North Bay, go to GaySonoma.com. And for all the latest LGBT news headlines we're following, go to our website at OutbeatNews.com. For KRCB's Outbeat Radio News, I'm Greg Moralia.
0: Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond.
1: Some of you know, last fall, I had the opportunity to attend the professional culinary program at the Napa Valley Cooking School in St. Helena. Now, this is a 14-month intensive program intended to prepare new chefs for work in the highest end of the culinary world. One of my colleagues in class was Alfred Gutierrez, but early on in the program, Alfred was diagnosed with cancer. He battled through rounds of chemotherapy, but never gave up on his dream of becoming a professional chef. Recently, I had a chance to visit Alfred while on a break at cooking school. Well, Alfred, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, great to talk to you. We haven't done a youth profile in, in a long time, and so I'm thrilled we had a chance to sit down and talk with you here at the Napa Valley Cooking School. I uh, just walked into the kitchen and caught you in the middle of getting ready for the big restaurant event. So let's go back to the beginning. what uh, what drew you to come to the cooking school?
2: Uh, well, actually, I've been working in a restaurant for a while and I thought that it was time to move on and do like the next big step. So that itself made me want to go to cooking school. Ever since I was little, I've always wanted to have my own business and just food itself was one of the things I felt would be the best business for me. But just because I, I love food, you know, I love working with it. I love eating it most of all. and I love sharing food with people. I love making people happy through food. That's a good reason to be a chef. So before we get talking about the cooking school, uh, tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Um, I'm from the Napa Valley. Um, Been living here my whole life in Napa. Um, I do live in Fairfield right now, but I still consider myself living here in Napa just because my whole life is here. I work here. I go to school here. have friends, family here. So Napa
1: all the way. Very good. So tell us what a lot of our listeners want to hear. Tell us about your coming out story.
2: (laughs) I don't want to say it was one coming out story. It was multiple coming outs, you know. I had to do it multiple times to my friends, my family. I mean, I definitely came out to my friends first. And back then I didn't really know why. But now I guess it's just because I wanted that support before I came out to my family. Me being Latino, I guess the family influence is really harsh, you know, when it comes to, like, homosexuality and stuff like that. So, yeah, actually, um, what's interesting, though, is just that I came out to one of my friends out of the blue. It was weird. We were at this party, and I just felt so uncomfortable spending the night there that me and my friend, I was just like, you know what, man, I'm going to walk home. And, you know, and my friend was like, well, I'll walk with you, you know, because we lived pretty close together. And the whole time we were walking we were just talking about like you know our experiences and just life and all that and then i don't know it just felt like the right moment to sort of just tell my friend you know what this is really me like i'm i'm, I'm gay which is interesting though because it's like i can't really i couldn't really say it back then i couldn't say you know i'm gay i had to m- make him guess and yeah <laughs> the funny thing is is the next day he came out to me and really yeah <laughs> That's, that's what's really interesting. And um, we ha- ended up spending like a bunch of nights just talking about like our experiences and like our coming out and just how we felt and just how we felt like with all these bottled up emotions and everything like that. And what's, we ended up dating and we're still dating.
1: So this is Jose.
2: Yeah, Jose, he's my boyfriend right now. We're living together now, five years, five years going out. Fantastic, congratulations.
1: So you started the cooking school, uh, last September, mm-hmm. so it's been almost a year.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: a long year. And uh, so, you know, I want to talk about the cooking school and your story as well. Talk a little about how you found and why you chose this particular school.
2: Well, again, where I was working at, um, there were it's it's a uh, Felipe's Pizza Grotto. Anyways, it's a bunch of high school kids that work there and some college students. And the college students were talking about this program, which I had heard about before, from the JC. I applied and I got a call back from Chef Louis. He wanted to do an interview and I came for the um open house. And when we came over here I saw the kitchen and I saw the people and what they were telling me about how they were working with food, all these different techniques they were learning, from French cuisine to Asian to just a whole variety of different cultures, techniques and just all that. And on top of that it, that, it was like fine dining. So that really got me really excited for this program. And then I you know I went full I jumped right into it because I, like, I liked it. I liked what I saw. And then actually coming to the program from day one, it's been exciting and just learning so much. It's it's definitely, like, hard. It's not, not for the faint of heart. You know, you have to really be committed to it, but it's worth it. It's, I love it. I, love I,
1: I think not being for the faint of heart is probably the biggest understatement I've heard <laughs> in a long time. But you got started, and almost from the very beginning, you were also grappling with something you would found out about yourself. You were sick.
2: Uh Yeah. So yeah, in May, I found um, a lump in my body and it was very scary just finding something because I'm very like, you know, I like to feel myself just to make sure ever since I was little and school had told me, they had told me that, you know, feel yourself, check yourself out just in case, you know. And um, that was like four months before I even started school. And... Then I went to the doctors and they did MRIs and CAT scans and all this imaging stuff. And they couldn't quite pinpoint what it was, but they were worried about it. So that kind of gave me stress during the summer before school. I was already stressed out before even getting into school. And then it wasn't up till a month before, I think I started September, so August, that I actually started having pains from that lump, which is weird. So I had to get an operation and that the operation was actually when we started school in September so I was out for like two weeks three weeks I believe and um I came into school after the operation thinking you know what? I'm good and I'm happy and I'm you know gonna just go forward and just move on from here and then October came around and the tests I guess you can say the tests came around and they said I had cancer testicular cancer and it was very world shattering for me you know it just it, it stopped everything because i was going to school on top of that i had a full-time job and i was just going 150 miles you know every day it's just, it's an old it's different kind of stress it's different kind of hurt
1: oh no doubt i mean physically and mentally you know the school is you said is no cakewalk there's a lot of stress there too and then you've got to go through and take care of yourself which clearly has to be the priority
2: yeah yeah, um, I actually was going to therapy for the whole, like, you know, managing the the stress. And one of the things that my therapist is really, really trying to um, instill is, is that, you know, my health is my job right now. My health is my priority. My health comes first because it's true. Like, you know, if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to enjoy school or work or I'm not going to be able to enjoy my future. So it took me quite a lot to actually, like, drill that into my head that I have to, like, you know, take care of myself but that that was yeah that that was life-changing I mean how can it not be you know cancer it, it changes anyone's life
1: huge and so you went through a whole battery of chemotherapy
2: yes um so first before chemo I actually had to get insurance and all that stuff and that was its own thing because you know living in Fairfield and living here so it was just stressful but um i had to get a bunch of tests on just to get a baseline health a base health line for myself and then the chemo started the chemo started right after thanksgiving the week after thanksgiving and i was originally scheduled for 3 months chemo or well, 3 cycles which um the cycles would be 3 weeks where i had one week of chemo and two week of re- two weeks of recovery and the one week where I had chemo, I had to do five hours a day, Monday through Friday, of chemotherapy, of three different chemos, and um, that 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 was the original plan. But um, um, I got really sick. I got a bunch of fevers, and I ended up staying at the hospital for a whole week. And it was the host- That's a whole other thing. I'm very afraid of needles now. <laughs> It turns out that I was allergic to one of the chemos that they were pumping into my veins. And yeah, so after we figured that out, they they knocked down one of the chemo, so I ended up having just two chemo. And then they extended it to four cycles. So it ended up ending around February. All those cycles, I missed school which was such a bummer because it's like one of the things that I came to learn about schools is, is that it's very cumulative. So it, it, it all adds up. It, like if you miss something, like it, it, it's almost really hard to like, you know, understand what you're doing right then and there. You have to catch up and you don't really have time to catch up in class. So you have to do it outside. And it's just that's its own. That was stressful catching up, um, but again, Chef B and Chef Louis were very, very accommodating, they were very helpful, they gave me all the packets, on top of that, my classmates too, they they were very helpful as well, like, you know, um, I had friends that I would go to their house and we'd just cook food just to get that practice in, so I managed. It, it wasn't the best, and I'm surprised, I'm not really surprised, you know, I'm very thankful, and I'm, I'm really sure of myself that, you know, I worked hard to be here. But at the same time, like, I'm really, you know, surprised I actually pushed through and did all of this because it's, you know, I'm still here. I'm still in school and I'm still going. Mm.
1: Well, I'm going to call the whole thing miraculous because in addition to still being
2: here talking to us, uh, you're cancer free. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I know, right? Ah, God. see the thing is is that the even after I finished my chemotherapy you still have to take this blood work and you still have to like you know get this imaging to see if the um, you're all clear all the lymph nodes were clear and everything and so even though you're done with chemotherapy you don't feel all clear you still feel like this looming shadow over you and then when the doctor came in he actually the doctor (laughs) has a sense of humor he came in with this like serious face and like just like this, this look in his eyes like oh man like something went wrong like i have to go through something else and he's like you're chemo free or you're you're cancer free i'm like what like don't do that to me i'm over here like thinking the worst that i have to go through other cycles and just he's just oh god but that was the best surprise ever like it just just to feel like you have a second chance like you have like you can keep going you know it, It was great. I called my dad right after that. I called my mom and just, you know, cried. and just like, I'm alive. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep living and doing what I wanted to do.
1: It's really terrific. So to anybody who's listening out there who may be facing a similar physical battle, looking uh, at going through a cancer treatment, what's your advice? How did you get through
2: it and beat it? Take it one day at a time, you know. (laughs) One day at a time. That's the best thing I can tell you because it's like, if you're thinking about tomorrow, if you're thinking about next week or your next session coming up, you know, you're just going to be tiring yourself out mentally. And it's just, it's a lot of anxiety that you'll just add to yourself. So just focus on like the one day, focus on like, you know, what's the next thing you're going to do for the next five minutes, you know, whether it's getting up to go get a glass of water, whether it's actually drinking that glass of water because Drinking water was very difficult. Whether it's that, just take it one day at a time, step by step, and you'll manage. You'll you'll get through it. You know, it's we can do it.
1: Would you say that knowing you were coming back to school, that you had some goals, and someone in your life that you loved, how did that all play into this?
2: Oh well, <laughs> well actually, um, I guess you can say that. You know, at home, I had two really support systems going for me one was jose another one was my sister evelyn um i guess you can say it was like two spectrums of love one was the tough love and one was the like you know the sweet love jose was the one who would like you know wake up with me whenever i had to go and like you know go to the bathroom and like throw up and do all these things and he'd rub my back and he'd just stay with me and, you know he'd be that nice sweet love but at the same time, because of all the chemotherapies and all the steroids that were being pumped into me and everything, I, I had like this like, you know, like almost like a hermit kind of like vibe going where I would hide from people and just like stay away because I'd be like just like totally like bite people's head off because of that. But my sister, she'd be the one who's like, you know, yes, you're going through this. Yes, you know, you but you can't change because of this. You know, you can't let this get to you. And she'd be the one that knocked some sense into me. That being said, the third week of my cycle, I would always get back to, I would always get to come back to school. And that was like a recharge of my battery. Like that was like the greatest. Like I just remember this one time. Um we were doing our one enthusiast week and it was week for me it was my third week of chemo. So I went back to school and the very first day we went to a field trip up by Calistoga, where we were seeing the, the um, how the um, barrels were made. But just driving up there and seeing snow up in M- Mount St. Helena, seeing the clouds, it was a beautiful, sunny, cold day, but still beautiful. It, it just, I don't know, like it just brought me back to life it made me like you know really 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 appreciate everything around me you know and that's one of the things i can say about cancer is that you know really makes you look at the world differently it gives you different outlook you know you really tend to appreciate the time you have and appreciate everyone and everything around you
1: wow very very powerful good for you good for you let's get back to talking about something exciting like food in in the cooking school
2: yeah
1: so uh Here we are. You're coming up toward the end of this uh, very intensive program. But for our listeners who are not familiar with what a professional cooking school is like, your original idea was that this was going to be line chef training. And, you know, clearly that is not not (laughs) what this is all about. (laughs) So talk about the typical routine and give us some sense about what people would experience if they came to this. Who's this
2: program for? To answer your question, this program is for people who really, really – Really love food. From Monday through Friday, you come in at 8.30, leave at 3 most of the times, and it you come in, set up your station, like you, you have your own little station, and you start working on whatever it is you're going to work for that week. For instance, like, you know, this week we're actually doing our advanced prep for the um, student-run spring restaurant.
1: Yeah, and this isn't like a typical class you take at a community college where you're showing up for three hours a day a few days a week you're here basically full-time yeah. and there's testing i mean let's <laughs> face it this is not this is not a recreational program yeah. talk about the intensity of the testing that you've had to go through
2: well i mean for one we have blocks of every uh, every like Week or two weeks is a separate block of different kind of um, cuisines or skills. And at the end of those blocks, we have a um a written test and practical test, you know, depending on what the block is. Those tests are very intense. you know you you go in, there's like no speaking, well, obviously it's a test, but um you go in and you just you have your plan ready for the day, like you know, oh, I need to get this, done, this, done, this, done and this done. And then you go and present them to the chefs and they critique them. And that's one of the things about this program, too, is is that you are going to get critiqued. You are going to get um, constructive criticism. So you kind of have to build a, a thick hide because it's like, you know, you you have this dish and it's your baby and you're like, oh, my God, this dish is perfect. And then the chef comes and says, like, OK, like, yes, it tastes good, but it looks like crap. Like, you know, you have to make this look better. Like this isn't just like, you know, oh, like we're you know a family restaurant no it's fine dining it has to be spotless it has to look appealing to the eye and it has to taste good of course
1: i I think think. chef b said it better and i'll never forget her saying this she said i'm not training you to be a home chef i'm training you to cook for thomas keller
2: (laughs) yeah that is so true she really is and you know that's oh god that's so true (laughs) Um, but as you look back on the year,
1: you, know, you described how you started out learning some of the basics, and you learned some, some basic skills, and you had some discoveries about different products. And then the second semester was more advanced, and you had some different blocks. Which ones stand out for you that were really your favorite?
2: I guess you can say my favorite block would have been Asia. I mean, I would always liked Asian food, and I've always sort of liked those flavors, but actually understanding the culture and not only that, but just sort of just expanding my whole view from just Chinese food. Cause to me, all Asian food was Chinese food. Now I know Thai, Indian, you know, curries, especially. Ooh, I know now that I can say that I love Indian curries as opposed to like a Thai curry, just that that's what I love about the program that I can differentiate between cuisines. And that's what makes me happy. You know, it makes it worth it for me.
1: Outstanding. And then the year sort of concludes with you all having to design an eight-course tasting menu. become sort of a portfolio of sorts. And this is no small feat either because you've got to do a number of things with that. Talk about what's required in the portfolio and then tell us what you did.
2: It's exactly how you said. Our main task is to create items or create dishes that will go onto our student menu for our student-run restaurant. And to do that, we have to start from the very beginning. We have to start with the um, eight courses that are going to be given to the restaurant or in during the restaurant. And we have to create an individual dish for every single course that's going to be there. And um, it, it's not literally, it's not like just, oh, just put a couple ingredients. No, we have to have like a really nice, detailed, really nice, you know, planned out dish, you know, from... Getting in there, getting the, you what utensils you're going to need to like what vegetables you need to order to how you're going to cook it to like what how you're going to plate it, all that to even drawing it. You know, we have to have it all very detailed. And from there, what happened is, is that um, they the chefs took our best dishes. And for me, it was my um, lavender mint ice cream. Lavender mint ice cream. You've got me really intrigued
1: because ice cream is, like, my all-time favorite dessert in the whole wide world. So how did you come up with that?
2: Well, our theme for um, the spring restaurant is um, California Fresh, some Mediterranean influence, and it's spring, of course, so we have to use products that are available only during the springtime. And I wanted to make, like, a little um, going-away present, which is a – a miniardi, and I wanted something small that, you know, could sort of like leave, you know, last impression. And for me, I feel like I'd always like whatever, what gave me an impression during springtime, you know, even after like I ate something was an ice cream cone. So I originally started with just mint chocolate chip. And then I was driving down 29 and this was, like, a couple weeks ago, so it was during springtime, and I saw lavender. And I was like, it's spring, and lavender's coming up, and it smells so good. And I just, I just wanted to know if they were a good combination. It was delicious. I never expected lavender and mint to go hand-in-hand like that, you know, because I always kind of correlate lavender to soap. But if you add it just right, it, it gives it, like, a very nice aroma to the ice cream, like a very, you know... Floral essence
1: awesome. Well, Alfred, congratulations to you for all of your accomplishments, the most important of which was beating the heck out of that cancer. yeah, for being healthy and with us today. Uh, and then, you know, for passing the first two phases of cooking school and can't wait to watch and see what happens. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. If you've been looking for a chance to become a world class chef, the professional culinary program at the Napa Valley Cooking School has seats in the upcoming class starting this September. You can arrange for a tour and talk with the chef instructors by going to their website at NapaValleyCookingSchool.com. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Outbeat News In-Depth on KRCBFM Radio 91. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, one of my culinary passions is pastry, and the place in Healdsburg to go for some of the best is mustache-baked goods. Founders Christian Solberg and Ozzy Jimenez are personal and professional partners. They have built two businesses that have been recognized as among the most successful LGBTQ-owned businesses in the Bay Area. Aside from making the most delicious cupcakes and pastries, they are wholly committed to support local LGBT community organizations right here in Sonoma County. I had a chance to visit with them at their pie and ice cream shop called Noble Folk. Well, Christian and Ozzy, welcome to the show. It's really fun to be here in your store uh, having a great conversation with you. Before we talk about cupcakes and ice cream and pie and all those other delicious things, tell us how you two met. Christian, you want to start?
3: Yeah, um, I met Ozzy in 2010. I was 20 at the time, and we met at the Flying Goat in Santa Rosa, and it was just kind of that you know, all all that week that I met him I had seen him out and about at like Russian River Brewing Company. I saw him at a but you know, a bunch of other places and it was kinda serendipitous that we met at the goat and, you know, when I met him it was that kind of first you know, grabbing a cup of coffee, what do you want to do with your life, kind of first date questions. And, you know, one of the first things he said is, oh, I really want to open up maybe like a cafe or or coffee shop. I really want to go into business for myself. And, you know, at that time, I just, I moved back from LA about a year prior. And so I had kind of wanted to do this project called Mustache Baked Goods in, in Healdsburg. And so when I met Ozzy, it was just kind of this, we ran into each other at the right kind of perfect time in life. And, you know, as soon as he said I want to open up a cafe, I said, "Well, what what about a a bakery?" And he his eyes kind of lit up and I think he got really excited about that. And that was our kind of first initial, you know, meeting. So, it was kind of dating someone and also planning a business at the exact same time. So, it was kind of a wild time. Talk about a complicated
1: start,
0: right? <laughs> Trying to get to know each other and then talk business. Well, I think I think it's one of those things that I think, you know, it's a lot of my friends at the time were were asking me, they're like, you know, is this something that you really, really want to do? You know, that you had just, you know, met this person. And so Christian and I, we're, we're kind of both in the mindset that you just, you gotta live now, you know, and you kinda, you know, you gotta take life and you gotta just do it, you know? And so we had dated for about a year um, I was living with my parents at the time, so as soon as I find out, I, I found out that Christian was living on his own, and I wouldn't have to pay rent. I said, "Perfect, I'm moving in with this guy, and we're opening a business." Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all started, um, and it's been a fun ride. It's you know, it's like we both opened our boat, our first shop when we were 22 and 23 years old, and so you know, there's a lot of learning involved that goes into when you're starting a business. But I just I wouldn't do it with anyone else.
1: Well, I think it's even more impressive that you two started your business in Healdsburg. I mean, that's not necessarily an entry level market. Christian, where did the concept for Mustache Bakery come from?
3: I had I had worked for a few different you know bakeries you know up and uh, down in L.A. And, and around the area as well. I worked at Downtown Bakery when I was um, in high school. Uh, I went to Healdsburg High, and I was born in Healdsburg, too. And so I kind of knew, when I grew up in Healdsburg, it just was this very, like, small town, you know, you'd walk barefoot to, you know, Rite Aid to get a scoop of Thrifty's ice cream, and it was that was kind of the biggest thing you could do as a kid here. Um, and so I kind of knew, when I was living down in L.A., when I was 18, as I kind of realized, okay, I want to there's just so many amazing things kind of in a big metropolis area like that, that I was like, man, I bet, you know, it'd be cool to open a really cool bake shop down in, um, in Healdsburg. And so that was kind of, I guess like the concept is I knew that there was like a need for it in, in Healdsburg and it just, it was my community and I kind of felt really comfortable opening a business here. So that was kind of, I think the start, and, and we really wanted to do kind of baking back to basics cause I had worked for some kind of, larger bakeries and you know just kind of using like cake mix and artificial flavorings and you know nothing was was what it was if that makes sense it kind of deterred me a little bit from baking. I didn't really want to bake professionally for a while. And then I realized I was like, you know, if I start a business myself, I get to call the shots and I can kind of make my menu how I want it to be. So I really, you know, our our main core concept when we started mustache was bringing baking back to basics. So just, you know, all of our cake recipes are, you know, four or five ingredient cake recipes. They're all from scratch. They're all baked every morning. Um, there's nothing artificial or, um, we don't use preservatives and things like that in our products so I think that was kind of the core concept as I got kind of reintroduced and I got really excited to get back into baking and so that was I guess our start.
0: Ozzy? I think here in Healdsburg, like we have so much access to fresh produce. So you know, it, traditionally for very large, large, hyper large scale bakeries, a lot of the produce that you're getting, a lot of the jams that you're 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 making, quote unquote, come in large vats. And so for Christian and I, we're like, okay, we're in Healdsburg, we have access to all this incredible produce and people that we know. So like right now. Downstairs at Noblefolk, we have an ice cream that's made from Dry Creek peaches from Gale. Gale has had this farm for a very, very long time, and you know I saw her on Sunday, like at the farmers market, and she was with her grandma, and her grandma was telling me this like amazing, you know, peach crumble recipe that she wants me to try. So it's like there's like a direct connection with like produce and people. And so for us, it's like, you know, knowing that we're in a tourist town where people come visit our home, it's like we wanna give them something unique that they'll remember us by, you know? So we're not we're not the bake shop that does, you know, like the pink champagne cupcakes. We're not the bake shop that does like the Skittles ice cream where, you know, we like to just have the produce and the ingredients speak for itself.
1: Well, that's what makes it special. Um, you know, before we get talking about the ice cream shop, where we're at now, did you guys have any formal culinary training? I mean, how did you learn how to do all of this great stuff? Um, Christian, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I kind of grew up in the industry. So my mom, um, Tammy Solberg, she used to be one of the managers at Trevenia in St. Helena. And she also was um, one of the managers at Cafe Portofino. She was the bar manager for a long time. And, you know, I kind of grew up around food. I think, you know, my mom was always working, like, um, you know, double shifts, and so it's like you kind of just, you know, get used to sitting on a bar stool waiting for your mom to get off of work, and so I think just growing up around food really sparked my interest in it, and I, um, I was the lead cake decorator for Oliver's Market for a while, and so I think that kind of, you know, I... I was training so many people and we were doing such high volume you know with with a large market like that that by the time I started going into culinary school I started going to the SRJC and I did most of their culinary program but I just didn't finish it because at that point you know I was already working from you know Midnight to 6 a.m. and then going into school it just was a little bit too much for me. Um, and personally, you know, when I started going into culinary school it was a little hard for me. I've always had trouble like being in school in general but with culinary school they teach you a very direct french method and i think there's maybe it's the rebel in me or something i just i've always gravitated of doing things a little bit unconventionally and so when i lived in la um, i actually lived in koreatown and so i got really inspired by more like asian style of baking and and you know japanese and korean um, baked goods so that kind of you could definitely see that influence in our menus here
1: Ozzie, what about you where did uh, where did all your training and expertise come from
0: Well, I I actually don't have any of the culinary background that Christian has, but my passion is for people. I kind of run everything behind the scenes, which is, you know, it's hard work. But for me, that's one of the things I'm really proud of is, is a lot of the folks that work in our stores have been here for, you know, Sarah downstairs today. She's been here seven years and she started off as a barista and now she runs our whole entire wedding and event business. So, so I guess that's kind of like the, the background that I bring. Yeah. It's hard to kind of quantify it, I guess, but, but it's there. Yeah. Well, it takes
1: all roles, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got to have, you've got to have the, the, the behind-the-scenes and the management pieces of this, the marketing pieces of it, as well as the culinary pieces of it. Uh, so you guys both enjoyed some pretty quick success. I mean, mustache took off, mm-hmm. for lack of a better phrase. And then the idea came to open an ice cream and pie shop. Mm-hmm. Talk about that business and where it came from.
0: Well, I want to I wanna talk about that because I feel like, for me, um, I feel like, I, like sometimes my team loves me <laughs> and sometimes they don't love me as much. And it's really funny because when we had Mustache, we were about two and a half years to three years in. And I just kept telling everyone, I was like, we should, I really want to open another store. And everyone just kept looking at me like, you're crazy. Like, we just opened this store. Like, how are we going to open another store? and then so the conversation just kind of like me and christian just kept talking about it like hey if we wanted to open a second store what would it be and so we kept having a lot of folks that were saying you should open up something in san francisco you should open up something in the bay area and me and christian we were just like like you know we have so much awesome community support here in healdsburg and there's you know we want to see this town serving our community and so what does that mean as food people that means offering things that you would see in a big city and offering them in a small town so me and Christian you know we just kept talking more and more and we're like dude like no one's doing ice cream in Healdsburg and no one's doing it the way that we're doing it you know that's like it's the ingredients are from the town they're from the area you know we're not making you know super highly processed sorbet or whatever it ends up being and so little by little like I just kept like actualizing it in my head I'm like we're going to open up an ice cream and pie shop we're going to open up an ice cream and pie shop and within about like an eight to ten month period somehow it happened.
1: Terrific and you make all of your own products it's it's, this isn't an ice cream shop that features ice cream from someone else this is your own ice cream that you churn right here.
3: Mm Yeah, that was, you know, it was interesting when we were up in the office above uh, Mustache. We have a much smaller office there that used to be our main kind of headquarters. And me and Ozzy were having this discussion about opening an ice cream shop, and I just... You know, it was a whole other beast. I mean, making ice cream is a lot different than making pastry. Um, It's just a different technique, a different style, different machinery and all of that. And so when we decided to open the shop, it was kind of... I had to do all this research of getting, you know, a huge ice cream machine that's taller than me. And, you know, uh, just being able to manufacture, especially at the level that we do, because, you know, I I think we thought, oh, it'll be an ice cream shop, you know, we'll have to make, like, 12 tubs a week or whatever, and, you know, we make probably, like... 200 tubs a a week now you know so it's a much higher volume than we were kind of anticipating at first and so just learning that i you know i get i get really nerdy about a pastry and 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 making desserts and so for me it was a cool challenge to learn a whole new skill set so it was working with you know you actually work with a large um a federal agency that that um, monitors you know bacteria level and it's, just, it's very scientific with with ice cream. So we built a huge clean room in our kitchen. Um, we purchased uh, our our machine's really cool. It's it spins our ice cream in between American ice cream and gelato. So it just has a really nice um, texture to it, and it just makes really creamy ice cream. And we also um, we use a, a local buffalo dairy from Petaluma um, from Double Eight Dairy, and they just have a really amazing product that. Um, um, their dairy is actually what, when you make uh, buffalo mozzarella with, so our ice cream just has a nice kind of consistency to it. So just a lot of research was involved with Opening Noble Folk.
1: My God, hearing you describe that and thinking about Dry Creek peaches, my mouth is already watering. It's fantastic. But you know, in addition to spending obviously a lot of time running these two businesses, you also give back a lot to our local LGBT community. So talk about where that passion came from and and tell us about some of the things for our listeners who are not familiar with you two that you're involved in.
0: I think I think what it started with is is, you know, Christian and I were we're in our late 20s now. I'm 29, he's 28. And you know, we we happen to be living in a community of 11,000 people where, you know, the the LGBT folks that do choose to be visible um, the community is very small, you know, and there's a lot of weekenders, there's a lot of people that come up from San Francisco, um, but they're only here for a few days and they leave, so there's no, there's, there isn't, you know, as big as a community that I think most people like to think that there is. And so as young people, me and Christian, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we had been running the businesses for about like five years, and we were just kind of struggling to kind of find our our kind of sense of community, so to speak. And so, you know, we were, you know, we were thinking, you know, as a couple, like, you know, maybe one day we'll move to San Francisco or one day we'll move to a bigger area where there is more LGBT people or we could just stick it out in Sonoma County and, you know, build community here.
1: Well, that's really great. Christian, I know you're involved with Positive Images. Talk about that.
3: Yeah so I I've been a part of Positive Images it's it's a, a youth based um kind of mental health support um, an advocacy uh, nonprofit. We've been around for 26 years. Um, I actually joined the board right as Jim Foster, who's the founder of PI, kind of stepped um, down, and he's in process of kind of fully retiring now. So I stepped in kind of at a really critical time for this nonprofit, and you know, if me and a few of the board members didn't step up. I mean, this this you know really amazing service that PI gives back to the community wouldn't be around. So I kind of got involved in a very, um, important time for PI. So I joined as just a normal board member. And then within like about a month, um, the current board president got a little too busy with his uh, job in Napa. So I stopped, stepped up to become the board president of PI.
1: Wow. Talk about jumping in with both feet, but you all are involved in more than just positive images. Uh, talk about, Your involvement in the recent drag show at Healdsburg High School?
3: Um, We saw something posted by the GSA. There's a group on Facebook called What's Happening Healdsburg, and it's just kind of a community group to kind of know what's going on around here. And so um, a kid, Noe, posted, uh, he's the leader of the QSA at Healdsburg High. He posted on this group, Hey, you know, we're doing a drag show at Healdsburg High, we're looking for donations. And so I saw that as just a community member, and I was like, Wow, that's so freaking cool. Like, I would never imagine a drag show at a local high school it's incredible and so immediately I was one of the first person that commented just from my personal Facebook as I said I'd love to donate some gift cards for the winners and you know let me know I'd love to get involved and, you know, and then the community outpour was just amazing. Everyone was so excited. You know, people were commenting on this thread of, oh, I want to donate a dress or wigs or makeup or whatever it is. So it just became this really exciting thing. And then all of a sudden, um, a few days after the initial post, then Noe had to repost that the Heelsberg High wasn't allowing them to put on the show. And so then it immediately you know the community kind of started looking at the um Hillsburg Unified School District and was you know kind of calling anti-LGBT and it just became this huge ordeal and so me and Ozzy I mean we weren't even trying to get involved but I guess I guess we were I mean we just drove up to Healdsburg High without really a plan but we just drove out and just been like hey what's going on with this drag show why is it not going on and then immediately we're met with like the superintendent um, of the school district and then we were pulled into this kind of meeting all of a sudden yeah negotiating kind of the terms between the QSA and Healdsburg High and then you know kind of just clicked into place really quickly we're like okay we're at the right you know we're we're here for a reason, so we really helped the QSA negotiate getting the show put back because you know it ended up just being a, a scheduling conflict where they just don't allow events before and after finals.
1: Fantastic. Well, let's get back to your businesses. Uh, and Ozzy, I want to start with you. Talk about the secret to making this partnership work. Your partners in your personal life and your partners in your work life, and that's tough. Tell us the secrets
0: and, and yes, you're right It is tough I think if anyone tells you That, you know, it's a walk in the park Or it's it's easy as cake It's it's not, you know Luckily for me and Christian You know, a lot of what, you know When, when I don't know very I know a few couples that own businesses together But, you know, it really is in those first couple of years So in those first couple of years When you're running the business with your partner You immediately know whether or not it's, you know, it's going to really, really pan out, you know? And so luckily for me and Christian, you know, he, you know, I, we both give each other so much independence from each other when we're at work. And so when he's here... You know, essentially anything menu related that he wants to do. I of course love to get to try everything, but you know, it's really his domain. It's what he loves, it's his passion. And for me, you know, what's what makes me passionate is constantly growing. Like I really I really want to see what me and Christian started be even bigger than what it is because I, I'm seeing The impact that we're having with just the people that work for us. You know, it's like Sarah, for example, started off as a barista. And, you know, I said it before, she's now our wedding and events manager. Like, I really, my function as a business owner is to scale everyone's position, to grow everyone's position, so that the folks that believe in what me and Krishna are doing stick around for a really, really long time. Um, But it, you know, it hasn't been easy in the very beginning. You know, running a business from when you're 23 years old, there's a learning curve involved um but i don't know i think that's the one thing that me and christian like we're really you know we we cut ourselves a lot of slack as as a couple as business owners you know because we work really hard makes sense so talk about christian your passion for the product what do you
1: what really gets you excited and what you're creating
3: yeah um i think i just like to try new things a lot. I mean, I I'm always, we're always experimenting with with new desserts, especially um, you know with with mustache. We kind of did like a remodel this last winter, and so we've uh, we're able to kind of build a bigger pastry case so we can kind of fit more product to experiment with with different things. So you know, coming up with different types of flavor profiles, um, and and also learning how to. That was the biggest learning curve for me. I think being in the kitchen was just. Allowing the people that work for you to feel creative when they come in Because I think for the longest time I kind of felt like Oh, this is my menu, I dictate it, and that's how it is And I I think that's how a lot of kind of chefs operate in their brains Is because they kind of have a clear vision But sometimes, you know, when you're working for someone You want to feel like you're part of that, um, you know, creative side so you know with, with my team I mean Tori that works in our kitchen she's our kitchen manager it's like you know she gets really inspired by certain things she definitely knows my kind of aesthetic and, and flavor profiles that I tend to go towards but you know I, I give her that creative freedom but I think for me what gets me really inspired I, I just we we were in Japan I think a year and a half ago for about a month and I just I really like trying new things like different flavors that you don't see very often. I really... I tend to like, I think, Asian baked goods in general just because they're less sweet and so we we really try to tone down the sugar in a lot of our ice creams a lot of our um, pastry product we try to use as little sugar as possible i mean obviously frosting on cupcakes is going to be sweet but i mean for the most part a lot of the cakes have very little sugar so i tend to just kind of bake in that aesthetic anyways but i really like um just unconventional stuff i mean one of our ice creams is like a black sesame coconut ice cream and it's one of my favorites and it's it's one of those flavors that's really hard to describe to customers cuz you kind of just have to try it, but I really I like I like having flavors like that that are kind of people don't know what they're expecting and then they try it and they're like, "Oh, now I totally know what Black sesame you know coconut ice cream tastes like and especially seeing the customers i mean with with noble folk having the ice cream um you get to see customer reactions of your product like instantly because you do the samples of ice cream so it's just kind of fun to put you know like i did like a peach brown butter ice cream one time and just people ate it up like that whole weekend and it was just cool to see that instant reaction to your product i think kind of inspires me too
1: your mouth is completely watering right now as I'm thinking about all this. Uh, well, let's talk about the future. You know, you, Ozzy, you, you mentioned that you're already thinking down the road and you want to expand and grow. Share with our listeners your vision. Yeah.
0: So, you know, so for for us, so Krishna you know, we've been in the desserts business, I think, what, seven years? Six, seven years now? Seven. Years. Seven years, um, you know, and... You know, it's been a really awesome adventure, but you get to a point where you're like, okay, seven years into it, you know, if we have we have two shops here in Hillsburg. like what's next? You know, and sometimes as business owners, it's like you're working so hard in the trenches that you just don't see kind of like beyond the trench, so to speak. Um, and so last year I competed with about 1500 other candidates for this really amazing program. Um, it's called the uh, Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative. And what's really been interesting for me is, is is we, you know, I did the program, I completed it, but I got this really amazing friend out of it named Dave, um, who we talk to all the time. Um, but, you know, it's the first time I've ever had a mentor the past You know six months and it's been incredible dave dave comes from the technology world and so he's able to see things you know that we don't see being in the food business and so it's been really exciting um about two months ago we finished completion And construction of the pastry annex in Windsor, which is now the new hub of all production for all of our locations. And what that facility does is it allows us to scale but also allows us to work with our farmers on uh, on a bigger scale too you know when we had mustache bakers our kitchen is very small there so you know when i had you know patrick from front porch from front porch wanting to deliver blackberries for me i could only take so many from him because i just didn't have the fridge space and so now that we have the annex up and running in windsor is is that's never going to be a problem again and so for us you know we know we're growing um we know that next year we're probably going to grow um, I don't want to give too much away, but it will definitely be ice cream and baked goods related for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the, the near and short term, I guess. Yeah.
1: Very exciting stuff. For our listeners who haven't been up to Healdsburg and visited your two locations, uh, tell us about the experience. When you walk in the door at Mustache, what are they going to see and an what experience?
3: Yeah, mustache, um, mustache. and noble folk both. They, you know, you can tell that they were cut from the same cloth, but I mean, they're definitely different cousins. Um, I mean, mustache is kind of more of a rustic, kind of farmy, I guess, looking store. Um, you know, we have it's a little bit darker as far as the colors that we use. Me and Ozzy um, both personally designed both of the shops as well, and so you know, mustache is just kind of. I think it's just our core. I mean, that was our first shop, and so we just have this like, love for that store. So you just come in. It's just a really warm feeling when you walk in. I mean, that's our big, you know, biggest thing of what we wanted for when you walk through the doors just to kind of feel welcomed and it's just kind of a homey kind of atmosphere. So, um, and then you see a, you know, a huge pastry display case almost smack you in the in the face because it's just huge and it just has all of our products and everything's just really you know has a really distinct style to it and you can tell that it came from from mustache and so and we have a big uh, display wall of um, display cakes for weddings and and birthdays and special occasions just to kind of inspire people so we have like a really cool display wall and we have cool retail with a lot of people that we kind of know personally that make products and and, you know small Etsy um, makers and things like that that we sell small retail goods and then when you walk into Noble Folk it's it's a much different experience because mustache is a little bit darker with the colors so it's kind of gray white and black and then when you walk into Noble Folk it's you know pure white when you walk in kind of like an ice cream shop and then it has this really dark blue color because with Noble Folk um, we were inspired from kind of my family heritage which is Norwegian and it was kind of of a term of what they called like vikings were kind of the noble folk and so that was what we named the store after and some of our ice cream flavors and pie flavors definitely have like a scandinavian vibe to them as well so you know our colors here is like a gold a white and like a really dark blue so it just and we have these really massive paintings from one of my friends alex harris that owns the harris gallery in healdsburg and so you walk in you just see these huge like 10 foot by 10 foot um uh landscapes of this really pretty sonoma county landscapes that he did oil on canvas so um you kind of see that on the white walls as well so it's just a really kind of welcoming environment too fantastic
1: well congratulations to you both before i leave you back to all your busy work that (laughs) is ahead of you today where can listeners go to follow you on social media
0: Oh, so they can go on Instagram and they can follow us at Noble Folk, which is our Instagram handle. And then they can follow us on Instagram again for at Mustache Baked Goods. And then if you Facebook us under either of those names, both of our businesses will pop up. Um, And I encourage you guys to like really go and check them out. It's a really awesome way to see kind of behind the scenes of what happens in an ice cream shop um, and just the day to day. So...
1: Well, and better yet, next time you're up in Healdsburg, stop in at the square. You can park in one place and walk over to Mustache and get something delicious there. And then for your dessert from your pastry, come over to the ice cream shop and get some of that Dry Creek peach ice cream. Congratulations, guys. Thanks so much for spending the night with us.
3: Yeah, thanks for uh, having us.
1: And
0: we'll be back with more right after this. What if I told you that you could get peace of mind in just 20 minutes and it's free? If you've ever wondered if you contracted HIV and aren't sure, you can get tested for free, confidentially, and anonymously with results in just 20 minutes. Call face-to-face at 544-1581 or visit f2f.org. Face-to-face, ending AIDS in Sonoma County, 20 minutes at a time.
1: And that brings us to the end of our hour. I'll be back next week with an Outbeat Extra edition of Outbeat News in Depth. We'll be talking with Randy Arnold, the original ambassador for Barefoot Wines, who created the now strong connection between the brand and the LGBTQ community. We'll also talk about news of the day with actor and news podcaster Jeffrey Masters. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on KRCBFM Radio 91. In the meantime, have a great week, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News In Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia exclusively for KRCB Radio. Podcasts of our shows are available for on-demand play from iTunes, Google Music, and TuneIn. Get links and sign up for email notifications when new shows become available on our website at OutbeatNews.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates from Outbeat Radio News all week long.